This is Diving Deeper today on our program. I'm excited to have back with us Sister Lucy Cahill, OP. Sister Lucy is a member of the Dominican Sisters of St. Joseph, which is based in the New Forest. And she was with us a few weeks ago, telling us about her experience of consecrated life. And now she's back and is here to talk about prayer journals and why they're a good idea. So welcome, Sister Lucy. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Lucia, for having me back. It's lovely to, to be back with you. It's always nice to be invited back somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> it's sort of reassuring. Um, so yes, as you've just said, um, I said I would talk a little bit this evening about prayer journaling and also um, prayer journaling with the scriptures specifically, as we've got this great gift of the Word of God in the in the Bible. Um, so we are, of course, currently a week or so into the season of Lent. Well done, everybody, for making it this far. And prayer is one of the three key works that the Church asks us to undertake with a deeper intensity at this time of year. So the other two, of course, being almsgiving and fasting. But Lent is a time, of course, when we're called to withdraw and to seek God more earnestly, like Jesus in the desert. We're called to set a time apart to speak with God and to hear his voice in our life and really to take part in the spiritual battle which is going on all the time in our lives but that we perhaps become more aware of that during the time of Lent. We have all, all the prayers of the church um, for, for Lent speak of this spiritual warfare, this battle between good and evil which we are playing a part in most especially through our prayers. Um, so, of course, there are numerous ways that we can pray, um, but I wanted to talk a bit about keeping a prayer journal, which is something that I personally have found helpful over the years. So I hope that what I have to say maybe resonates with some people, perhaps encourages some people to take up prayer journaling if they haven't tried it before, um, or just is mildly interesting, perhaps. Let's hope so. Um, so... I actually had a my own prayer journal published back in 2021 by Redemptorist Publications. It's called Your Word is a Light to My Path. And it's sort of filled with, interspersed with different Bible verses, which I wrote in calligraphy and then decorated with watercolor as to be a sort of aid to prayer and meditation. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later on. But for now, when thinking about prayer journaling, it's helpful to just look at, okay, well, what is journaling full stop? Um, and we can think of journaling as a way of organizing our thoughts and a way of recording things. Um, journals tend to be more flexible than diaries, which tend to be a more sort of strict recording of day-to-day -day events. So a journal might take several different forms. It could be lists. It could be you just writing down your thoughts as they occur to you. It could be bullet points, diagrams, whatever. Um, and throughout my life, I've used journaling as a way of just sort of firstly figuring out what on earth is going on in my life at the time. Sometimes when things are very busy, it can help to set them down on paper and, it, you know, just organizing them in front of you can help you feel like they're more manageable and you're more in control of them. And also, if something momentous has happened in your life, if there's something significant that you're processing or something that's really good that you want to make sure you 
remember and hold on to, writing that down can be a good way of doing that. And journals are, of course, something that's very personal. We wouldn't necessarily share our journal with anybody else. It would just be for our own personal use. Now, prayer journaling, is that a lot of the principles are similar, but I would say that in a prayer journal, you're not simply writing down prayers to record them for yourself, but everything you write in your journal is, it's like you're writing a letter to God. Um, and one of the reasons why I will be talking a bit more about the scriptures later on is that um, Pope Francis said back in 2020 that the Bible is like God's love letter to humanity. God has given us his words, which is an incredible thing to think about. And it's like, you know, in a tiny, in a small way, when we write down our words to God, it's like we're writing a reply to him. So he stoops down and speaks to us so tenderly. We know our God is so close to us and we can give him our thoughts. We, he wants every part of us. And one of the ways that we can give him every part of us is, is through words, if, if writing is something that you find helpful. And the, um, so I know that sometimes people find it hard to know where to begin with prayer journals. Um, sometimes people can find it quite intimidating to put their prayers into written words. It can be hard to know where to start. And I think as well, we can sometimes fall into the trap of trying to sound impressive when we're writing to God. Um, perhaps we will have read a lot of the prayers of the saints or different, like very sort of formal structured prayers. And we can think like, oh gosh, maybe I should try and make my prayers sound like that or like oh I want I want them to be more poetic or I want I want the language to be more beautiful um but I think that simplicity is always best when prayer journaling you just want it to be authentic and from the heart like whatever it is that you're carrying to put it down and you know we don't we never have to worry about not being good enough in front of God because when we are coming to speak to God, when we're coming to pray, we're coming to the one who loves us more than we can imagine. And if you are worried about where to start in your prayers, or especially with a prayer journal, my suggestion is all is like, okay, well, when you're not sure how to begin a conversation with somebody, it's best to maybe let the other person speak first. And we are very blessed in that God always does make the first move and he's given us so much to help us and one of these the things that we we can use to help to help us in our prayer and that these two things sort of they help each other really is if you don't know where to begin in your prayers turn to the bible turn to the words that god has given to you that can be the opening of the conversation if you like um, and then let things go from there. So what one of the things that I recommend doing if you want to begin prayer journaling with, with the scripture, maybe pick a passage of the scripture. And if you don't know which one, you can always look at look up the readings for Mass today um, and pick either, you know, the first reading, the Psalm or the Gospel. Read it a few times over and really let the words sink in. 
and remind yourself, like, these are God's words to me. And when you have a prayer journal, one of the things that I personally really like to do is to write out the scriptures quite slowly, because this is a good way to concentrate on the words. When we pray, we want to be attentive to how God is speaking to us in the present. So often we can find our thoughts going all over the place to things that we things that we have done or things that we regret or things that we're worried about in the future. But we really need to try and bring ourselves into the phys- into the present moment. And sometimes the physical action of writing can help anchor us where we are in that particular time. And as you write out the scriptures, you might find other thoughts or intentions coming to mind. Perhaps something in the scripture reminds you of something that's going on with for you at this point, or perhaps it's challenging you in a particular way. So then you can write those out as well. Always and and to have that and have that confidence to address God personally as a friend. There's a beautiful quote from Dave Urban which says that in the sacred books of the Bible, the Father who is in heaven comes lovingly to meet his children and talks with them. We have that confidence that there's nothing too big or too small going on for us for God to not care about or to not want to do something about. I've kept a number of prayer journals over the years. Um, It's not something I hold myself to all of the time, but I do find that writing down my prayers is especially helpful in times when there's a lot going on. My thoughts are all over the place for whatever reason. Um, So writing, as I said before, helps steady myself and ground me in the present moment. And sometimes when I know that something's wrong, but I'm not entirely sure what it is, like what is what is it that's bothering me? Sometimes I will start to write to be like, okay, God, this is, I don't really know what's going on, but I think this is what's happening. And then all these words kind of come out and and then when they're on the page, it's like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. And I can just look at it together with God and bring it to him. And I think one of the advantages of keeping a prayer journal, especially as well, if you use it to to write down milestones of your life, times when you've you've really felt like a prayer has been answered in your life by God, you if you if you keep those, you then have a record of the ways that God has been acting in your life and and how how far He's brought you on this journey of faith, and so you can you can open those old journals and and re- revisit them, and the the gift of memory that we have as human beings is such an important one, because when we remember the ways that God has acted in our in our past, it gives us new strength and hope for the future. It helps us to persevere on the journey that we're on. And that's something we can think of in Lent, especially that the need for the grace of perseverance in the battle between good and evil. Um, I'm going to pause for a moment now. Um, I asked if we could have a bit of music this evening, and um, I've chose a few songs which are inspired by the scriptures, though not necessarily explicitly worship songs. Um, the first song that I chose is called Like the Dawn by the Oh Hellos. Um, and it's, as I say, not a worship song, but it recounts the creation of Eve in the second chapter of Genesis in a way that I think is rather lovely. So 
if it's all right, before the break, I would just like to pause to read this passage from Genesis. So this is Genesis 2, verses 20 to 24. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed it up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. Therefore a man leads his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And I think that's a good that's a good space now to pause. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is the Oh Hellos, and it's like the dawn. Well, I was sleeping in the garden when I saw you first. He put me deep, deep under so that he could work. Like the dawn, you broke the dark, my whole earth shook. Well, I was sleeping in the garden when I saw you. of my flesh at
that I've known deeper I'm happy to uh, bring back to our listeners sister Lucy who's talking about prayer journaling something Thank that very I'm very much. keen on something that my daughters very keen are very keen on as well so please continue sister Thank you thank you very much um, if it's all right with you I'd like to just talk a little bit about the the journal which I, as I say a pub was published back in 2021 um, it's called your word is a light to my path. And this, I, I, I sort of wanted to share the story of how this came about because it was not something that I ever planned on doing, but sort of through the circumstances of my life, um, God brought various things together and worked through various people in order for this to happen. So um, as I said before, it's it's a book um, just for, for writing in. Its purpose is to be a prayer journal. So I didn't write anything for it apart from the introduction, but it's Throughout it, it's got different, it's got over 60 different Bible verses, which I wrote out in calligraphy and I decorated using watercolor painting. Um, and yes, this is something that I've become a bit known for in the convent, like calligraphy and watercolor is something that I do, but this was not always the case. Um, I've always been sort of into arts and crafts. I love making things. And I've come from a family where sort of being a bit artsy and, you know, drawing and getting the paints out at the weekend was just something that happened. And I never really thought much about it. So I never really took art very seriously, but it was always something I enjoyed. Um, and I suppose I started becoming the thing that caused me to be a bit more intentional about, you know, drawing, I suppose, and writing out things um, on a regular basis was actually a couple of years before I entered the convent um, I had quite a difficult year um, a few different things sort of exploded in my personal life and left me in quite a bad place and I was struggling with depression at the time and I'd moved back home to be with my parents and I was searching for a job and job hunting is sort of demoralizing enough even if you if even if you're not struggling with your mental health at the times and it's it's very hard sort of to have lots of long unstructured days where you're not really sure what you're doing or where you're going or you've got an aim but it seems very far away um so one of the things that i i started doing because i had always been somebody who doodled and i had my journaling and i'd write stuff down but i started sort of intentionally gathering motivational quotes um, and I would write them out in my journals or in my notebooks and just 
not not with anything fancy but just with my pen um my normal writing pen and but i would st i started sort of drawing borders around the edge to try and make it look a bit pretty and that became something that i was like okay right even if i don't do anything else today i will just i will i will write something that's uplifting and positive and try and make it beautiful and then at least even if nothing else happens i can point to that and be like i i, I made a thing today so that became a bit of a routine for me and i started sharing them on social media because i thought well you know let's share the share the positivity and and people seem to quite like them so i i kept on doing it and you know i got better and i did get a job eventually but it became something that i carried on um into into my my general routines and uh, a, a a little while later um there was a very good friend of my family, actually. She's She was the mother of one of my oldest friends. And this is a lady called Emma, who was very dear to us. And she's quite an artist herself, a very talented lady in lots of different ways. She'd had a very difficult life herself, but was just so kind. And she commented on one of my posts one day and said, oh, you know, this is really lovely. If you come around to come and visit me at some point and I'll teach you how to do calligraphy I'll show you some of our, my resources uh, so I did that I was very encouraged by her comments because as I say she's quite an artist herself um, I came round and I, for a weekend she let me experiment with different alphabets and different pens that she had and different inks and papers and I took lots of photocopies from different books on calligraphy that she had and it really just inspired me to take it more seriously and really try and sort of hone this as a skill um, as opposed to just something I was sort of doodling in the margins. Um, my first attempts were very wobbly, but I enjoyed it very much. And so things sort of became neater as I went along. And that was then something. So when I did eventually enter the convent in 2018, calligraphy was something I was practicing quite a lot just in my in my spare time in my journals and my notebooks and I brought my pens with me because I thought oh this would be a nice thing to do and yes as I say never thought had any thought of it going any further than that but it's a bit of a running joke in the convent that if you have like whatever skills or experience you have when you enter even if they seem you know utterly random God will put them to some work he will always find a way to use them um and now to sort of hop over from calligraphy to the Bible for a moment. Um, one of the sort of big changes, from, I mean, there are all, all sorts of big changes that happen when you enter a convent, but um, in terms of my faith, I'm afraid I'm an example of a bit of a stereotypical Catholic in that I didn't know my Bible as well as I should, perhaps before I entered the convent. Like I knew a lot of Bible stories, um, mostly from watching videos um, and different different films growing up. My mum was very good at getting us different books and things, but I never actually was in the habit of just sitting down and reading my Bible myself. Um, and so there were sort of the stories and the ideas and the images, but not actually the written word. But suddenly when I was in the convent, we I was there praying the divine office every day and actually studying the Bible. And this was more than I'd actually I'd ever come into contact with before. And suddenly, rather than, you know, looking for motivational quotes on the Internet, instead, 
I'd be praying and a particular verse from the Psalms would stand out to me and I would I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to memorize that verse. And then I would look it up in my Bible later on and write it down in my journal. And there were so many passages that were just so beautiful and I'd never heard before. And I could just feel God speaking to me in that way, which hadn't happened. So I started writing out his, you know, his words. God's words instead of just, I mean, that, you know, the words of the saints and lots of other people, they're, they're beautiful, but they're not the same as the Bible because the Bible has God as its author. We believe that the Bible has, is, is written by, yes, human authors, but God speaking through them. So those words have a, a weight and a power, which nothing else does. So I think that is well, just... Uh, because I mean, I I really am an amateur when it comes to to calligraphy. I'm largely self-taught, and as I say, I had some help from my friend Emma. But um, I think that it's really God. It's it's God's power working through it that makes the the little things that I make have an impact on people. And um, so yeah. So one of the things that we started when I entered the convent was the, the sisters began making cards. Me and a couple of the other sisters are quite crafty. And we enjoy drawing and designing things. So we started making scripture cards and other little religious items, which we sell. We still have an Etsy shop now called Dominic Cards, which does very well. <laughs> Lucia is looking happy at me. I'm like, yes, yes, everyone, Dominic Cards, <laughs> search for it and Etsy. It's good. Um, <laughs> you have to give us the details. Definitely. I will give you the details later. <laughs> But um, one day, one of the sisters said, oh, you know, what would be really good is if you could make you could make like a prayer journal and you could put lots of scripture quotes into it. And I thought, oh, that's a nice idea. But I didn't again, I didn't take it seriously because that wasn't something I was like, oh, she's just being kind. You know, so it's a nice, encouraging thing to say, but I didn't expect anything to happen. But then the same sister, you know, a few weeks later had a meeting with Redemptorist Publications about something else. And after the meeting, she came up to me and was like, I told them about the prayer journal and they're really excited about it and they want you to get in contact with them. And I was like, oh, OK, that got very real very quickly. Um, so, yes, I did. And that, you know, they were very interested. And so I, I, I agreed that, I, yes, I would put together several designs to be in a book so that people could have them to pray with them. And it was something that I worked at a lot over the course of lockdown, which was a nice sort of, again, contemplative project to have just to be able to sit with some of my favorite passages from the Bible, things that have touched me and spoken to me and to, to try and make them visually beautiful. And I think there's a long, there's a long line of tradition in terms of doing that. I mean, obviously, my 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 little things are not anywhere on the same scale as this. But I thought of the monks in the medieval times illuminating their manuscripts because it's like this, you know, the word of God is precious and we should treat it with that care and reverence. And so I was trying to do that with my with my little paintings and calligraphy. And yes, so it's now in a book. Um, and I think that I've had a lot of, again, a lot of lovely comments from people who I think have enjoyed using it. Um, but the thing that I really hope that it has been and that I hope it will be for people is an encouragement for them to to pick up their Bibles and read them more. So there are lots of excerpts in this book, but hopefully if a particular image or verse strikes someone, they will then reach for their actual Bible and look up that verse and then read around it and just let the words sink in 
to their life. Um, can I, um, yes, so Sister, Sister Lucy, I can vouch for this book because I, I actually bought three of these prayer journals. Oh, I've yes, got, you I've did. got three, three daughters and I bought them one each. And the little one, she just ripped open the packaging and she just went straight up to her bedroom and she sat there for ages, ages. Each page, she did meditate on the on each prayer. Oh, she did come so up to me wonderful. and say, Mom, do I have to pray alongside whatever this the prayer says, the, the Bible verse says? I said, you pray, you write down whatever's in your heart. You yes. Know? And I, dear listeners, I really do think you should have a look at Redemptorist um, publications and have a look for this prayer journal. We'll give you the details in a little while, but it it is such, it is really beautiful. And... I'm, I'm going to get another one for myself. Oh, <laughs> thank you. And I love the, um, Lucia sent me a lovely photo of her daughter holding her prayer journal. Oh, yeah. Her, so you can see on the Facebook page, actually. Anyone who's got Facebook. And I was so Facebook. touched by that. To be like, oh, you know, the children are enjoying it too. This is wonderful. Yeah. And yes, bring bring the little children to God. Yeah, have a look at the um, Facebook page and you'll see what, her, what um, Sister Lucy's prayer journal would, uh, looks like. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. Thank you. Um, I think it's now a good time for another break. I, I have think it's a great time for another break. The second song which I chose this evening is called Dove, and it's by a band called Wildwood Kin. And again, it's not a worship song, but it does reference Psalm 55, I believe, actually. Um, and I will just very quickly read you a couple of verses from that, if that's all right. So this is from Psalm 55. I won't read the whole thing. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Truly, I would flee far away I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter for myself from the raging wind and the tempest. But I call upon the Lord, and the Lord will save me. Evening, morning, and at noon, I will utter my complaint and moan, and he will hear my voice. He will redeem me unharmed from the battle that I wage, for many are arrayed against me. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. I will wonder far away. 
was Dove by Wildwood King. That's very beautiful. Uh, you're listening to Dive In Deeper. And we have Sister Lucy who's been talking about prayer journaling and uh, giving us a little introduction to her prayer journal that she made a while ago, um, which is absolutely lovely. So, Sister Lucy. Thank you so much. Um, so, as I was saying before, one of my one of my chief sort of hopes and prayers for this prayer journal was that it would perhaps be a gateway to help people read more of the scriptures to open their Bible and to see the treasures that are in there. So I just wanted to speak a little bit very briefly, because this is a huge topic, so I won't be able to cover very much, but a little bit about what a gift the Bible is and and also some very simple ways that we can approach it in terms of reading it and praying with it ourselves, because it can be a little daunting. Um, so again, we, we're so blessed in our faith, in the Christian faith, that we believe in a God, not that's far away from us, or that we need to be constantly striving and, and seeking, although of, of course we do strive and seek after God, but it is always God who makes the first move. We recognize God as a, as a loving father who is so concerned about us and he's constantly reaching down to us and inviting us to draw close to him and he's the one who is constantly trying to you know give us ways to help us understand that he is good and that he is loving and we can trust him he is the god who reveals himself he's the god the god who speaks is the one of the campaigns that the bible society um uses and so one of the key ways that god does this is through the bible and the bible really is as Pope Francis said, and I quoted earlier on, God's love letter to humanity. And in the Bible, we see God constantly reaching down to, to speak to his people who he loves and to, to show them how a way to be in relationship with him. And obviously the ultimate revelation of God's words and his intention is in the person of Jesus Christ, who is the word of God. There is a a beautiful quote which I did have written down and I don't know where it is um, <laughs> but it's basically saying that the the words of the Bible that they all speak of the word of God which is Jesus it's not just 
a, a dead letter. It's not just a list of rules or, or, or history, but it's about the person of God and getting to know him. And so just when we are approaching any passage of scripture, um, there are a few questions that we can always ask, which can help us to try and open the meaning and find what God might be trying to say to us in it. Because the word of God is alive and active and God uses it to speak to us no matter what our circumstances are. And there are what we call the four senses of scripture, which are in the catechism. I won't give you the long names for them now because that will confuse you. But basically there are four questions we can ask. The first one is the literal sense. Um, so we need to, first of all, when we look at a passage from the Bible, we need to look at, okay, what does it literally mean? What did the human author mean when they were writing this? So we look at things like, what genre is this? Is it poetry? Is it history? Is it part of a genealogy? Is it, is it you know, is it wisdom literature? All of these different things. Um, and also, are there any words here that I don't understand? Like, is there anything I need to maybe look up in a, in, a, in a dictionary? Is there anything about the context here that I need to know? Because these are all sort of things that we want to get out of the way to help us get to the understanding of it. And once we know literally what a passage is saying to us, there are three, three more questions which help us to unpack what we call the spiritual sense of the scriptures. Um, the first one of these that we can always ask is, where is Jesus in this passage? And this can seem a bit of a strange question to ask in the Old Testament, because obviously it's only in the Gospels and that Jesus is the, the, that the incarnation happens and that we hear about the works of Jesus in his ministry and then, of course, in his passion, death, resurrection. But there's a beautiful quote from St. Augustine, I believe, who said that, the New Testament is hidden in the old and the old is revealed in the new or possibly vice versa. But basically everything in the Old Testament is foreshadowing the coming of Jesus and everything that Jesus does in his life sheds light on what happened in the Old Testament. So you will have various different actions of people in the Old Testament that will foreshadow the coming of Christ. And we also obviously know that Jesus is God. So when we see God acting directly in the Old Testament, we can see Jesus is at work there. And then we next can ask, where am I in this passage? This is called the moral sense. Like me as a human being, where can I see myself? Is there any person in this passage that maybe I identify with? Or is there any particular thing that I think God might be asking me to do with relation to this, this passage? Is, yes, I lost my train of thought there, but I think that's it. So where am I in this passage? Who am I? What is God asking me to do? How does this relate to me? And the third question that we can ask which again can seem a little confusing for people, but where is the church in this passage? It's called the anagogical sense, which is the most sort of impressive word if you want to, if you want to something to remember to, to sound like you know a lot about the Bible. 
the anagogical sense. Where is the church in this passage? And this one is perhaps the trickiest, especially in the Old Testament. But we're looking for references to the people of God. So God's chosen people, because we are, you know, hopefully looking forward one day to being the people of God forever in heaven. And the people of God in the Israelites foreshadow the fact that God is then going to call and choose all peoples to come and follow him. He invites them into the church so that we can then come and be with him together in heaven. So there's that sense of the promised land being a foretaste of heaven where God's chosen people will eventually go to. And we also maybe will look for anything that might be pointing towards the sacraments. Is there anything, any references to water, which perhaps might be pointing to baptism or God forgiving sins or spiritual food or, 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 you know, normal food? All of these things could maybe be pointing towards the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of the Eucharist, etc. So I think even in the most obscure passages of the Bible, don't panic. But just maybe ask a few of these questions and hopefully things will start making a little more sense. But just keep praying with them and also remember that we have 2000 years of, of interpretation from the church, which can help to guide us. There are lots of very good commentaries and help and things like Father Mike Schmidt's A Bible in the Year podcast, which people find very, very helpful just to make the Bible very less intimidating. Um, and again, there's a quote from St. Jerome which says, ignorance of the scriptures is ignorance of Christ. So if we are Christians who want to take our faith seriously, we do need to be people who are trying to learn the Bible if we want to learn Christ. But with all of these, um, I like to flip that saying on its head as well and say like, okay, well, if ignorance of scriptures is ignorance of Christ, knowledge of scriptures is knowledge of Christ. So the more we know our Bible, the better we will be able to say that we know Jesus and the so the better we'll be able to love him the better we'll be able to serve him and show him to others which is really what we are all aiming for I think I am t at time now so I'm gonna stop talking <laughs> is that all right well it's not really we could we could oh. listen to you <laughs> for, for much much longer <laughs> we've um it's been a, a real pleasure to hear about um about your journey and making making these journals and how how it came you know just a hobby turned mm. into something so beautiful and like i said i know firsthand because i've 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 got these journals and we just oh, i want to you know i want to go and buy all those prayer cards now as well yeah. <laughs> and i well, know any, that i'm not the only one cuz <laughs> if any if anyone is interested in buying any cards or or prayer cards or anything from our online shop um, I will do a little shout out. So you need to go to dominicards.etsy.com um, or go to etsy.com and search for Dominicards and we should we should pop up. And there are various sort of greetings cards and prayer cards and rosaries and things which are all made by the sisters and the prophets go to help support our life and our mission. And I think that buying somebody like buying a scripture of a card with a scripture verse on it and you know sending it to someone is a nice sort of non-intimidating way of sending them a word of god you know a little a I little agree. piece of faith slip it in there <laughs> exactly nobody can nobody can object to that if it's if it if it's nice you know 
subtle evangelization, maybe. I love that. It's worth a try. It's de- <laughs> You'll be rewarded for that, I know. Well, let's hope. Let's they'll, hope. They'll, they'll receive blessings from that, yes. whether they like it or not. <laughs> exactly. Spread the graces. Uh, so that's Domini Cards at... Yes. No. Dominicards dot, dot Etsy, Etsy dot com. com. I hope our listeners wrote that down. And <laughs> Redemptorist Publications sell Sister Lucy's Pride Journal. I love it. My daughters love it. And uh, like I said you could. I've got proof because my there's a little picture there is on, a the picture. It's on the Facebook, Facebook page. my daughter holding it <laughs> up proudly with her lovely drawings and prayers in it. It's <laughs> lovely. Oh, oh, Sister Lucy. I don't want to say goodbye. I could listen to you all day. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're very, very you're kind. Such a bright star. Um, but we have to say goodbye for now. I'll be back at some point. For now. Yes. Would you like to say a uh, prayer blessing over our, for our listeners? Oh, that would be lovely. Okay. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father. We thank you for being a loving father who speaks to his children. Thank you for the great gift that you have given us in the words of the Bible. We ask that you will send your Holy Spirit upon us to inspire us to come to know you and love you more and more deeply, and that we will grow to know and love your words that we read in the Bible and we receive when we go to Mass. And most of all, that we thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, the Word of God, to live among us, to save us, to be our best example. Please help us to follow him as we journey through these days of Lent towards the new life that we hope to partake at Easter when he will rise again. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you. Amen, very much. amen. <laughs> Thank you. God, God bless, bless you. Good night. <laughs>